Hello, everybody. This is Cheryl Ackerson with another podcast. And this is a special event today because I'm in Puerto Rico driving around for Stories for Full Measure, my Sunday TV news program, with my producer, Daniel Steinberger, and my photographer, Brian Barr, who are both far more brilliant than I am about anything. In fact, I pale in comparison to the brains of these guys. So you're going to hear from them, too, today as we've been around the island and talked to a lot of people about hurricane recovery, FEMA spending, the current protests, the controversy over FBI arrests, and all kinds of things. Um, First of all, Daniel, um, we were just at a school, a Puerto Rican school, because we were talking about how poor the hurricane recovery is going for some places. Two years later, after Hurricane Maria, some people haven't seen a penny, some of these schools that were devastated. And What kind of surprised me, this was a high school, and it looked like it couldn't be used because it was just so devastated and antiquated, and it hasn't had any federal money go into it yet, barely a ceiling in there. Um, But two years later, this is what it looks like, and I'm surprised that schools look like this in Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. territory. Hola, Cheryl. Great to be on your podcast. And yeah, I was really surprised as well what the schools look like still two years later after Hurricane Maria. We saw mold on the walls, termites, um, holes in ceilings that still had not been fixed. And um, when we talked to folks uh, within the government who were telling us that they're really facing a lot of red tape from FEMA. Um, so it was, it was definitely eye-opening to see that. Well, and one of the things was they were using state funds or territory funds, not federal FEMA funds, to paint over the mold. They weren't even remediating it. They were just painting it over just to try to get through the day because they've had summer school there. They had classes last year there. They're about to start school again there. Um, Pretty shocking, the conditions. And I might mention it's something like, is this right, Daniel, $40 billion in U.S. federal tax money has been promised for this disaster after Hurricane Maria. So we're talking $40 billion. And in an upcoming program on full measure when we start season five in the fall we'll tell you why so much of that money hasn't been spent and why a lot of people haven't seen any of it and they're still you know living under all this hurricane damage now brian who's the visual guy any reflections about the stuff we've seen as we've gone around the island the last couple of days i think i was pretty shocked that um i mean no disrespect but this still feels in many cases, like it's third world in the way the infrastructure is maintained. Uh, you know, it's the first time in Puerto Rico, so I don't know what it looked like beforehand. Um, and the, the condition of that school was indicative of how, you know, how substandard some things are down here. And this is a U.S. province. You know, there should be, uh, in my opinion, a lot of attention being paid to some of the inadequacies regarding uh, what goes on down here and how some of these people are taken care of. So um, it does, I mean, we've been to Manila together. Uh, I've been to Paraguay for this show. Um, And in some of those cases, the, you know, you, you, some of those places had very metropolitan areas and very rural, very third world, very developing world feel to them. And uh, there's still places here that feel the same way. Um, and uh, some of it is probably uh, as a result of the storm, just not being taken care of or not having 
anybody pay any attention to it. So, uh, still fascinating place, beautiful place. And, uh, um, you know, just another part of the world I get to see because of Miss Cheryl Ackeson. Well, if, if people watch Full Measure in previous seasons, we've, we've been here as for the program before and learned that a lot of stuff was in really bad shape to begin with here. So the hurricane on top of it, they had a financial crisis. They're technically bankrupt and under financial management and oversight. Um, a lot of problems here. And what I learned from native Puerto Ricans, I didn't know this, maybe some of you already knew all this stuff, was Puerto Rico is legendary for its corruption. I mean, this is something they talk about openly, the people who live here, people who have worked in government and do work in government. I had an interview with Governor Roseo a couple years ago, and he addressed that. He had just been elected, and he talked about trying to clean up the corruption. In fact, his own father, who was governor some time ago, was wrapped up in big corruption scandals, apparently. And they, you know, they really, in some, to some extent, want to pull out of that, of course, but are entrenched in a lot of apparently corrupt ways. And that brings me to the FBI arrests, which have occurred right about the time we arrived here, where the FBI is investigating all kinds of corruption. Top officials had resigned and been arrested here. What did you learn about that that you thought was interesting? Dave, this is Daniel. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly that's it's touched a nerve here. Um, we've seen the last few nights that we've been here, um, major protests. Some have gotten out of hand and tear gas has been used by the police, but it's clearly touched a nerve. Um, whether or not the governor will stay on or not, I think is still very much to be determined as we're taping this, but I think it's touched a nerve and people are, there's certainly a large um, group of people that are being very vocal about their views on, on, on the governor and the way he's acted. And yeah, we were um, kind of right outside the biggest protest maybe ever or certainly that they've had in some years here last night we're shooting a little bit of it for an upcoming story because it kind of relates but what'd you think about all that brian i thought it was uh, you know having seen some protests and riots in in our careers uh, i thought this one looked very young in that the people that were walking by me were young you know looked like 20s uh it's almost like a festive party atmosphere when we were there. I agree. You know, my parents and my wife and my kids were calling me last night wondering if I was safe. Uh, and I kept telling them, listen, it's just a party. They're just having a party. And I'm sure that there was some shenanigans, right, yeah. that happened there last night. Maybe somebody threw a bottle or, or a firecracker and, and, or whatnot. But I think by and large, uh, what we saw last night was, was just lots and lots and lots of people who just wanted to go, you know, be together have a good time. See Ricky Martin. See Ricky Martin. There's a lot of chance about Ricky as they were walking up to uh, the governor's residence, but and a lot of uh, a lot of flags. You know, seemed like a, uh, a lot of very a lot of proud people, but young nonetheless. Well, and the protests, maybe tangentially, the frustration is related to corruption and these FBI arrests and so on. But what they're really mad about, if you haven't been paying much attention to the news over here is the governor's personal text messages with other officials and colleagues, some 900 pages I think were released where he uh, reportedly said pejorative things about all kinds of people, including the lesbian and gay community. So that very much motivated them and was a big part of these protests. 
We are also covering, while here, another reason we're here, for full measure, this will be on in the fall, a story about the Caribbean border. We'll tell you a lot more about that in the story, but we wanted to see how a border that's really here, every, every bit as busy as certain parts of our border with Mexico, but you just don't hear much about it. When I found out about it just through a contact, I thought, that's really interesting. So we came here to see what it's like to man the Caribbean border of the U.S., since, again, Puerto Rico is U.S. territory. And we've gotten to do a lot of really cool and interesting stuff. Without giving too much away, what would you say, Daniel, was eye-opening or fun? Yeah, we, we, we went we run, run around and saw what's, how they're trying to protect our borders and, and what's going in and out of the country. Um, and what struck me also in talking to folks is that while they think they're doing a good job, they feel like they could be doing a better job if they had more power, more manpower, more men and women on the front lines. Um, so that struck me as something that was really interesting. And they really open their doors to us. It's not always easy covering the federal government, federal agencies. They're not always terribly welcoming of the media. In fact, the Postal Service asked us to leave when Customs and Border Protection yesterday invited us in to see how the mail is processed and how they find drugs. The Postal Service didn't want us there. But uh, Customs and Border Protection has really been great, and they've opened the doors to all kinds of operations and stuff they do here. We got to fly in a Black Hawk helicopter. We've gotten to see drug seizures that we'll tell you about on the show, on the program. You've had some exciting, Brian challenges and shooting in the places we've asked you to shoot cool pictures on this trip. That's always fun. I mean, you know, land, sea, air. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got bounced around in the water a little bit. We got um, jostled around in a plane. and We had mechanical failure on a custom and border protection plane and had to you know, land under dicey circumstances. All is well, but yeah, it's been an exciting trip. But, you know, they... I, it is shocking at the access we got on this trip. Um, and again, you know, uh, no doors cl- close harder than the U.S. government's in many cases. So um, these guys opened the door and then literally helped us in. So uh, it was a fruitful trip. We got to see a lot of amazing stuff and we're given really good access. The kind of access that, as journalists, um, we find odd because it's so rare. Obviously, there's something they want us to see, and they think they're doing a good job here, so that was part of it also. I think they know on full measure we come in without a particular agenda. We just really want to see what they're doing, and we're not going to shape a story to make it look a certain way. So um, that's it from us on the road. Adios. Daniel Steinberger, Brian Barr, and Cheryl Atkinson. Would you like to say, Brian speaks the best Spanish of all of us, but that's not saying much. You want to say something in Spanish? Adios. Adios. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And thanks for bearing with us on audio quality, since we are actually literally in the field right now with uh, limited technical capabilities. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.